Welcome to the Beth Jones Official Podcast. This is international speaker Beth Jones, and I'm so glad to have you here with me today. This is podcast number five in my new podcast series, No Place For, which is based on Galatians 5, 16 to 21, and today's podcast is No Place For Idolatry. First, I want to pray, and then we'll go ahead and get started. God, I just come before you in Jesus' name, and I just pray for your Holy Spirit to be here with us today. I ask God that you would anoint me to speak your words of life. God, just let your Holy Spirit teach us all things that we would make more room for you in our lives and we would get rid of anything that is in the way of our relationship with you, our daily intimacy with you. I just pray this, God, for your anointing and I just bless you and praise you. You are the God of all gods and King of all kings. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, the scripture that I'm basing this podcast series on is Galatians 5, 16 to 21, which says this. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other. So you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Today's show is no place for idolatry. Now, we don't hear that word idolatry a lot in our culture today. The closest thing that I can think of is the American show, Ameri or the show American Idol, which is an American singing competition created by Simon Fuller and produced by Entertainment. The show is based on the British series Pop Idol, and it's become one of the most successful shows in America. And it's interesting that the show uses that word idol. Now, what does idol mean? What is an idol? The online dictionary says it's an image of a god used as an object of worship or a person or thing that is greatly admired, loved, or revered. What does God say about idols? What does the Bible say about it? Well, in the Ten Commandments, it's the first commandment. Exodus 22-3 says, You shall have no other gods before me. And I think that's pretty plain and simple. He says, you shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water underneath the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. Now, some cultures even go so far as to say you shouldn't even have pictures of anything. I don't believe that's true. I believe what he's talking about here is making something, a statue, a picture, a reflection of something, and then worshiping it, looking to it, and trusting in it as your source of power. He says, For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. And when Jesus was asked what the greatest commandment was in Matthew 22, 36 to 37, he said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. 
this is a first and great commandment. So that's what Jesus had to say about it. Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. So anyone or anything that we love greater than God can be an idol in our hearts. And I want to give you some examples of idols. A celebrity like a movie star or a music artist. All you have to do is go to a concert and see the adoration and the worship that people place on these celebrities, these music artists. Your spouse or your child can be an idol. And you may think, how can that be? That sounds ridiculous. But remember that God tested Abraham's heart. He asked him to sacrifice his son Isaac, whom God had promised him years ago. Remember, for years, Abraham could not have a child. And then finally, God gave him the promised child. But God wanted to test Abraham's heart and see if he loved his child more than he loved God. And I can relate to this. At times, I have put my children above God. And God will not tolerate any idols, even if it's our children. Another idol can be money or success. And we see a lot of that in our culture today, especially in the Western countries. Money or success can be an idol in your life if you're constantly thinking about it. Now, I am not in the camp that believes all money is wrong, all money is evil, that only the, that rich people are greedy. No, God uses money. God, you know, to take the gospel to the nations takes money. To feed the poor takes money. So God isn't against money. This world operates on a money system. It's only when money has your heart that God minds it and calls it an idol, a false god. So just keep that in balance. Keep that in mind. A career, job, or ministry position like your online business. Your spiritual gifts or your talents. Elevating the gifts above the one who gave you the gifts. Now, I've seen people do this. They elevate their spiritual gift, and they think their gift somehow that they, you know, they... Their gift is what makes them so important. And actually, it's your identity in Christ that is your worth and your value, not your gifts. Another idol can be your physical appearance, your fitness. If you're always obsessed about your hair, your skin, your makeup, your clothes, if you're always obsessed about your weight, you know, society puts a lot of emphasis on women's looks, all the magazines, um, really stress being sexy and beautiful and thin. But if that becomes an obsession in your life with losing weight and being thin all the time, that can be an idol. And the reverse is true, too. If you neglect your temple, and you, you know, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. If you eat food all the time and you have a problem with gluttony, food can be an idol, too. A website can be an idol. If you're obsessed with how your website looks all the time and you're constantly tweaking it and improving it. I got that way several years ago. It was all I ever thought about. How can I make my website look better? What plugin can I use? What colors? Who could I get to redesign my website? And I was constantly working on my website to the neglect of my health and my family. It got out of balance and God really called me on it and I had to pull back and, and get my life and my time in balance. Entertainment can be an idol. Sports, we see so much of that in America today that football and baseball and basketball can be an idol. 
food, as I mentioned before, problems with gluttony or the reverse, anorexia or bulimia, the idol of being thin, just needing to be thin all the time because you can't get fat or you somehow don't have value. Relationships like your friendships, your family, your in-laws, co-workers, bosses, your fans, or your subscribers trying to people-please above what God thinks. These can be idols. So anything in our lives that can get out of balance can become an idol in our lives. What are you putting above your daily relationship with God? Are you spending that quiet time every day with God? Are you praying? Are you reading the Bible? Are you worshiping Him? Are you growing in your faith? Are you personally developing? Or are you always on Facebook or Twitter or Pinterest looking at your friends' vacation pictures, finding Pinterest recipe or decorating ideas, reading articles on Twitter or the news? Now, I don't want you to feel any condemnation here because I love Facebook too and I'm on it a lot. But God just doesn't want it to get out of balance in our lives. Are you consumed with stars' lifestyles or who won with Dancing with the Stars? Are you being sucked into every episode of Scandal? A lot of my friends on Facebook love the, the show Scandal. I don't personally watch it. In fact, I almost never watch TV. But I've seen a lot of posts about Scandal. Or are you upset that Lady Sybil died in childbirth on Down Downton Abbey? My daughter Heather loves that show. And I'm not saying you should not watch these shows, so don't get me wrong here. But are you just consumed with these things? Is it, you know, all you ever think about? Are, are you just, do you have to watch it or, you know, it devastates your day? What or who are you worshiping? Is it entertainment? Is it food? Is it success and money? Is it yourself? We become what we worship. Either we are worshiping and being conformed to the image of Jesus, God the potter molding us and making us, yielding to him, surrendering to him, taking up our cross every day and dying to self, killing that flesh. Or are we worshiping and identifying with the false gods of this world, giving them our allegiance and our focus? A teaching I heard this week that was so good. I listened to it late one night, and I just cried listening to it. It was just so powerful. She was talking about there's just two things. Either you are worshiping God, and you are coming into agreement with God and His Word, or you are in agreement with the enemy, Satan. She said there's no in-between. So which are you agreeing with, God or the enemy? And that includes even things like your purpose. Are you in agreement with God for your purpose? Are you in agreement with God in His Word which says He wants to bless and prosper you? And I am not a name it, claim it teacher. I don't believe in uh, some of the prosperity teachings out there. I believe that we have to walk in obedience to God and His Word for God to bless us. And sometimes His forms of blessings are not what we think. It's not necessarily financial. God is much more interested in the heart and in relationships with people than he is in money. But he, all, he does want to bless you. He doesn't want you struggling in poverty, unable to pay your bills, having to borrow money and get heavily in debt. He, don't, he doesn't want you and your children going hungry. No, God wants to bless you. He wants to provide for you. 
But who are you in agreement with, him or the enemy? In Christianity Today magazine online, at the recent Lausanne Congress on World Evangelization in Cape Town, South Africa, Christopher J.H. Wright said that the idolatry of believers is the greatest threat to world mission. Idolatry is dangerous because it almost always involves the offer of good things as substitutes for God. So what are you substituting for God? You know, if you get depressed and discouraged, you might turn to alcohol or drugs, maybe to, to ease that pain, that emotional pain that you're feeling inside. Or maybe you're turning to entertainment or pornography, which is so rampant, even in the church today. Or maybe you're turning to sex, even with a married person. If you read my book, Promises in the Dark, you will read about that, that I did that in my life because I was so desperately trying to fill up that hole in my life. Having all these relationships with men, going from man to man, trying to find that authentic love which only Jesus Christ can give us. You're trying to fill up that hole in your life. You know, even good things like even churches or your efforts in ministry can become idolatrous. You're finding your identity in those things instead of in your relationship with God. Tim Keller in Counterfeit God says this, All humans have been created to be reflected, reflecting beings. They will reflect whatever they are ultimately committed to, whether the true God or some other object. We resemble what we revere, either for run or restoration. The Bible is filled with God's chosen people, the Israelites, who were constantly worshiping other idols, other gods. And it led them into ruin and destruction, and it just grieved God's heart. God's heart hurts when we turn away from him and we worship other gods. God has feelings, too. I mean, it's not like God needs us. God is God. He's, he's self-sufficient. He fulfills himself. But he desires that we love him. He desires our worship. And he desires to have that intimacy and that relationship with, with us. The, the Israelites were led into destruction because they chose to follow other gods instead of the one true God. It seemed like they never were learning their lessons. They were always going around the mountains. They, they traveled in the wilderness for 40 years when they could have gotten to the place that God wanted them to get to so much sooner. But because of their defiance and their disobedience and their stubbornness, they did not follow him. And they suffered for it. And many of them died in the wilderness and never saw the promised land. So don't let idolatry keep you from what God wants for you. He has so much more for you than you can even imagine. You know, we, we look at the Israelites and we think they are so stupid and stubborn. Why did they do that? And yet we're still stubbornly doing it today. We have idols in our lives. Even Christians that have been following God for years and years that have been raised in the church... Even we do it. We know better. And yet, why do we do it? We get sidetracked. We get distracted. We get pulled in by the money and the fame and the success and the prosperity teachings and the name it, the claim it faith. We lose focus and time and energy and fruitfulness by scrolling on Facebook for hours, looking at other people's lives instead of living our own life doing what God has anointed and called us to do and to be. 
I'm not picking on Facebook. I'm not saying you should never be on Facebook because I love Facebook. I've made some amazing friends that I never would have met otherwise if it weren't for Facebook. So I'm thankful for Facebook. God is using it as a platform now for His glory. God is using Facebook and Twitter and other social media sites to enlarge His kingdom to reach people with the gospel and that's what I love about social media it is a powerful platform and it can be a powerful platform for your business but we can't let it get out of balance we can't let it consume our lives and take over our lives God never meant us to live a virtual life but a real life and so we have to keep it in order and in balance we can compare ourselves to other people and become envious and jealous of them and then try to compete with them and feel not enough when God our provider gives us what we need and asks for in faith we admire celebrities and athletes like God's and we think they live the golden life when in reality they're just like us they need Jesus we all need Jesus and so many of them despite the millions and billions of dollars that they make they wind up alcoholics, drug addicts, trying to fill up that empty black hole with mansions, sports cars, designer clothing, boats, airplanes, traveling to exotic islands, and more. And many of them in destructive relationships, very unhappy, struggling with addictions or mental illness, even having psychotic breaks or committing suicide like Robin Williams. Now, I'm not saying stardom is wrong. I'm not saying money or success is wrong. I don't believe that, as I said before. I don't believe that rich people are greedy or it's evil to have money because I just don't believe that. I believe God wants to bless his people, and I believe there's many wonderful people that have been blessed very much financially that, that are celebrities. But it shows that money does not fulfill people, that fame does not satisfy and fill up that empty hole inside of us because it is a God vacuum. Two people that come to my mind right now are Britney Spears shaving her head and then looking into the mirror crying, what have I done? Or Lindsay Lohan, all her DUIs, her drug rehabs, charged with stealing a necklace from a jewelry store and other legal problems now you know that girl had money to buy a necklace there was no need for her to steal it even now in doing research for this podcast i started to get sucked into the articles on the celebrities amanda Bynes shaving her head having twitter rants jennifer lawrence's mansion that's beyond extravagant Princess Kate's latest appearance being worrisome and her looking miserable. You know, it's easy for us to read all these things and lose our focus from God to the world. And I encourage you right now to journal and just pray to God and ask Him these questions. God, is there any idol in my heart that needs to be removed? Am I worshiping anyone or anything other than you? Are you first place in my heart and life, or is there someone or something else taking your place? You know, even things like a bad habit can be an idol, like drinking alcohol, or smoking, or a food addiction. One of the things that I personally struggle with is drinking Coke. I love Cokes. God's been dealing with me for some time about this now, and I need to obey Him. 
The only way we can break free of idols is through the power of Jesus Christ. Ask God what to prune and what to cut away from your heart. It's not like a legalistic thing. It's just asking God, hey God, is there anything in my life that displeases you that I'm putting before you? John 15, 2 says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so it may bear more fruit. You want to bear fruit in your life. You want to live a fruitful life. We don't want to just spin our wheels, do we? We want to do all that God has called us to do and to be. Remove the idol or idols in your heart to make more room for God and to make more room for his presence and his power. And you will just be amazed at the things he will do in and through your life. John 3.30 NLT says this, He must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. It's like organizing and cleaning your home, getting ready for the new year. 2015 is coming around the bend. This year went so fast. And a lot of people do heavy spring and winter cleanings to organize their homes. They throw things away. They give things away. They don't need. They organize their closets. They organize their pantries and their drawers. They get rid of the old to have more open breathing space and to make room for the new. Peter Walsh says this, clutter is not just the stuff on your floor. It's anything that stands between you and the life you want to be living. And I just love that. So think about that a minute. What is standing between you and the life you want to be living? What is standing between you and God? What is interfering in your relationship with God? What idol do you have in your life that is keeping you and God apart? Author Jennifer Ford Berry writes in her book, Get Organized Now, which has sold over 100,000 copies. Eliminating clutter and organizing your life will give you more energy, lift your spirits, and make room for better things and experiences to come into your life. It's a tremendously freeing and liberating experience. You will be able to find everything you need when you need it and finish projects and tasks on service. Idolatry is spiritual clutter. It keeps you from having the relationship God wants with you and that you desire with Him. Just like physical clutter, it causes chaos and disorder. It robs you of a deeper intimacy with God. It robs you of that peace that He wants to give you, that happiness, and ultimately robs you of your purpose. You just come up empty. And I share in my new book, Promises in the Dark, One Woman's Search for Authentic Love, the world promises you so many things. Sex, success, money, alcohol, drugs, education, entertainment, being the best spouse or parent. But it often leaves you empty and filled with regret. There is one whose promises you can count on and who will fulfill you. God. His promises are for real and forever. Jesus will satisfy you. He will fill up that empty hole inside of you. He is the God of all gods and the King of all kings. He is really what you're looking for. And I spent a lot of years trying to fill up that empty black hole inside of me with relationships with men, with partying, 
with material things, with even the church, with worldly success. And I found out that only Jesus, Jesus Christ can satisfy me. You can find out more about my, my book, Promises in the Dark, One Woman's Search for Authentic Love at my store at www.bethjones.net or at Amazon. And just as a reminder, there are other Beth Jones authors and speakers out there, so make sure it's my book, Promises in the Dark. When we hear the word idol, a lot of times we think of the golden calf that Moses' brother Aaron and the Israelites danced to in the Charlton Heston movie when Moses was up on Mount Sinai hanging out with God and getting the Ten Commandments. Idolatry is more than that. It's not just worshipping a golden calf or a little Buddha statue. It's not just worshipping the sun or the stars, the moon, praying to Mary, the mother of Jesus, or another saint. It's not exalting a football star or being one of Lady Gaga's little monsters. Think of the Black Friday shoppers who got violent fighting over big screen TVs or $5 Barbie dolls for Christmas sales. That's idolatry. Even busyness, too much busyness, needing to do, always do something like cleaning your house perfectly, having perfect little homeschool kids, cooking perfect meals to feel good about yourself, to feel that sense of affirmation, that can be an idol. Idolatry is replacing God, acknowledging He is our everything, and we owe everything to Him. It is not giving God His rightful position or devotion as Lord and Master of our lives. Author Tulian Chivadjian, the grandson of Billy and Ruth Graham in his book Jesus Plus Nothing Equal Everything, wrote this. Your pain could be God prying open your life and heart to remove a gift of his that you've been holding on to more dearly than him. So God may be prying open your life and your heart to remove an idol. If you value a gift above him, he will remove it. Think about that a minute. Something good can be an idol. A gift you want more than God, that you value more than God, because in some way it affirms you or makes you feel important. That quote really struck me. What do I value more than my relationship with God? What do you? Is it your spouse or your child? Is it your bank account? Is it your online business? Is it social media, food, or a TV show? The Bible says in Exodus 25 that he is a jealous God. God doesn't want you having any other gods before him, even if it's a gift he's given you. He will take it away or not allow it to be fruitful or prosper it if you're putting that gift above him. Because God wants all of your heart. God wants you. Now, he's not out to run your fun. I don't believe that. He's not out to take away everything you love or enjoy. On the contrary, God wants to bless you and show you his goodness. He wants you to enjoy your life, to be happy, to laugh. He wants you to love your family and friends, to prosper and bless you. He doesn't want you struggling and not being able to pay your bills or have food for your kids. No. He wants to bless you. He wants your business to prosper. But more than anything else, God wants your heart. He wants that close relationship with you. God just wants to be with you and spend time with you and have your love and your devotion. Author John Piper says this, 
if we find God to be so boring or so negligible that we put other things in his place that really satisfy us more than he does, then we not only offend him, but we also destroy ourselves. God doesn't want to be offended, and God doesn't want you to destroy yourself. He wants to give you abundant life. That's why Jesus came. He wants you to have this amazing, incredible, wonderful life. And I want to challenge you that if you find God boring, you really don't know him at all. God is not boring. God wants to give you exciting adventures. Just like when I went to Canada coming back on the train or on a cruise to the Bahamas to speak at a women's conference. I mean, only God can do those kind of things. Exciting things can happen right where you live. More exciting than a football game. More exciting than dancing with the stars. Just get to know God. Ask him to use you and then see the amazing things that will begin to happen in and through your life. You will just be blown away what God will do. Acts 17.28 says this, In him I live and move and have my being. Does God have all your heart? Who or what are you worshiping? And what idol needs to be removed from your heart and life today? Pray about it and ask God to show you. This is Beth Jones, international speaker and author, and I hope this podcast encouraged you and gave you a few things to think about today. Visit me at www.bethjones.net to learn more about my speaking and my books that I write. You can subscribe to my podcast here at iTunes. Have a great day, and God bless you.